Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked on Bucks, Frank Madden joining you after a, I was going to say raucous, but not raucous, because the Palace at Auburn Hills was deathly quiet by the end of the Milwaukee Bucks and Detroit Pistons game tonight. The Bucks run away with a blowout win in Detroit, and along with me to discuss that big victory are a couple of my Brew Hoop buddies. Uh, no Eric name tonight. As uh, as we mentioned the other night, Eric is traveling. He's in South Carolina. Um, he's actually getting to take some vacation from, from me as well, I guess, tonight. But I am joined by Mitchell Maurer and Adam Paris, who, um, as uh, you guys probably have seen on Twitter and the site and stuff, um, I'm excited that Mitchell and Adam are taking over uh, the site manager job from me after – um, my nine year run slash now retirement, um, Mitchell, uh, we've been co-conspirators on Brew Hoop for a long time. This is the first time we're doing a podcast together. How are you doing tonight? It's all I'm doing very well. And thank you very much for having me. This is an exciting opportunity for everybody to hear my voice. Finally, <laughs> finally, Frank, let me out the cage. Well, your your cat was was wrecking stuff uh, a minute ago, so hopefully your cat being out of the cage uh, doesn't doesn't uh, mar this this attempt at a, a, a Skype call too much. But um, thanks for joining me, Mitchell and Adam. Adam, you're the you're the well, you're, I don't think you're technically the newest person on the Brewhoop staff anymore, but um, you know you you, you got Ooh. much quicker to your first podcast than Mitchell. Yeah, it's true, um, and I, I'm glad to be joining you too, and obviously uh, being a site manager as well. Uh, my voice won't be quite as uh, sultry as Mitchell's, as I have a terrible cold and my throat has been bothering my me. Man. But, my yeah. man, I got a sinus infection too. How about? Oh, never mind. We're just as sultry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can work on your your Barry White voice, Adam. Um, <laughs> so the Bucks run away with this game. They lead by eight at at half. Uh, kind of blow it open late in the third quarter, run away with it. Uh, I think, you know, the storyline, surprise, surprise, Jabari Parker and Giannis Adetokounmpo. Yay! Um, and tonight it was uh, it was more Jabari Parker doing even more stat stuffing than Giannis. Giannis with sort of the, the ho-hum, 23 points, um, eight assists, five boards, couple steals. Yawn. A yawn. Um, no I, actually, I, I mean, it was kind of funny. It was like kind of one of these games that were Giannis uh, – it's not that he missed like easy layups, but he had a number of shots kind of like, you know, he's like corkscrewing kind of finishes that normally he might make um, two or three of those kind of he, he didn't make tonight. And that kind of explains how he ended up eight out of 18 from the field, which, you know, is fine. It's not, you know, but when you're, you know, your true shooting mark is 61 percent, um, eight out of 18 for 23 points. It just doesn't feel quite as awesome, but um, that's just sort of the new, new, you know, normal for Giannis, I guess. But let's talk about Jabari Parker a little bit. Um, Jabari, thirty-one points. I mean, not not a career high. Only one free throw attempt, but thirteen out of eighteen from the field, four out of seven from deep, nine boards, seven assists. Um, 
you know, defensively, kind of kind of a similar game what we've seen a lot of times lately where Jabari, um, you know, looks pretty good on the ball, has, you know, his lapses defensively off the ball. But overall, um, you know, you look at the Bucks' final numbers, I think they ended up with 36 assists and like seven turnovers, which is just crazy for a team to pile up that that is kind of assist total and have a, a, a turnover number that low. They shoot awesome from the field. They made a ton of threes, um, and the Pistons did did none of those things. So um, I don't know. Let's start with Jabari. I mean, I, I, I made the comment on Twitter. I, I feel like just of late, and as I say this, I have visions of his um, game-time basket late in regulation against the Cavs in my brain as well. But it just seems yeah. like, you know, the threes are obviously starting to come. We're seeing, you know, the dunks and, you know, him kind of being the, the finisher type guy that, that he's been for some time. But now he's also driving with a degree of control and purpose and confidence that I don't think we saw a month ago. And it felt like early in the season he was sort of driving to try to draw fouls and he was trying to kind of bully guys. But he often kind of just was like off balance and, you know, it was almost like he was looking for bailouts. And now he's not necessarily getting a lot of foul calls. Hopefully those will come in time. But he's playing, I think, better on balance. I feel like he knows what he can do when he gets close to the rim. And obviously kind of the results are speaking for themselves. I mean, Mitchell, you know, what, what are you seeing from Jabari sort of overall right now? And I guess how excited should we be? So I'll ask the second question first. It's a super easy answer. The answer is very, very excited. Uh, this is the Jabari Parker that we were expecting to see when he was drafted second overall coming out of Duke. He's the do-it-all offensive threat that can score inside and out. Um, like you mentioned, he only got one measly free throw attempt tonight where he easily could have gotten three or four more whistles with the way that he was attacking the rim, but the thing that stands out about Jabari, even more than his explosiveness, and he did have one of those highlight reel dunk where he gets up in the air and just seems to hang there for a second as he glides towards the rim and then just throws it down, it's his smoothness. He's a, lot, he's, he's a very smooth ball handler in the half court, and he's very instinctual. He knows how to, you know, cut to open lanes and how to get to the basket. And I know that you brought up in the pod previously that one of the things that you've noticed is how he will contort himself to almost avoid contact at certain points, even though he's not doing that, you, you know, to try to, to try to get foul calls. He seems to be setting up his defender to put himself in a more advantageous position to score more consistently. And that's the development that we really wanted to see from him alongside his now very good three-point shooting, four out of seven from the three-point line tonight. He just, he seems to, I don't want to use the cliche where the game is slowing down for him, but you, you can kind of see certain things getting put together when Jabari has the ball or when Jabari is receiving a pass in the half court and is in position to make a dribble move and take a shot that he's comfortable taking. Uh, and, you know, tonight's a good example of how it can all come together. Yeah, and Adam, you, in, in the recap, you highlighted a, a specific play in the fourth quarter. The game's kind of out of reach at that point. Um, Giannis and Jabari kind of run out on the break. Jabari's kind of up and, and kind of storming down the right side, um, up ahead of Jabari, or up ahead of Giannis. Giannis kind of throws him a little underhanded sort of forward shovel pass, um, and Jabari kind of attacks and then does a little drop-off pass for, for Jet. 
who then pays it off with an air ball. But, but you know, it was the intent, <laughs> right? And, and we've seen Jabari being more unselfish, being uh, a guy who is trying to become more of a playmaker, you know, maybe sort of trying to take cues from, from the way Giannis has played and, and piled up assist numbers. Um, you know, we've joked about Jabari too often has been finding John Henson, who, who hit another jumper tonight, by the way, I think his second in the last few games. Um, but Jabari tonight, seven assists. Um, I'm surprised that he, he hadn't had kind of a five, six, seven assist game um, before in the last few weeks, because it seems like he's been making plays more often for other guys. And obviously this is a pretty cool thing to see, right, Adam? Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, it felt like really early in the season, it felt like he sort of took that playmaking role maybe too much upon himself. He was felt like he was forcing it, um, trying to find, like, make passes that weren't necessarily there. Um, but the seven assists tonight really speak for itself. And uh, obviously some of that is just John Henson and Greg Monroe actually making shots because I, I was actually thinking about just starting to uh, track missed uh, potential assists from Jabari and Giannis, like <laughs> Greg Monroe and Henson have. Uh, but luckily, oh, that's uh, depressing. I know, they they're like weren't enough tonight. So I was like, oh, okay, I get to wait one more game to do that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the one thing with Jabari, he had uh, he had nine, you know, nine rebounds tonight. And uh, the thing sort of highlighted by that play where Giannis like literally throws him the ball like he's the, at, a, at like a four-year-old softball game and he's like tossing it to him. And Jabari just catches it uh, and casually flips it back to Jet. Um, is how much ground those guys cover so quickly off of a rebound. And so when Jabari is getting like nine rebounds a game, uh, he tears it up the court really quickly. And he's looking yeah. to find people uh, either in transition or it forces uh, the defense to get back and get set a lot a lot quicker probably than they would like. So. Seeing how fast him and Giannis bring the ball up the court off a missed shot is is something that's really been encouraging so far. Yeah, there really wasn't. I mean, you couldn't really find a number other than the Pistons getting eleven offensive rebounds to the Bucks three. But let's be honest, the Bucks just didn't have as many chances right. to get offensive rebounds and really need to because yeah. they shoot fifty seven percent from the field. They hit eleven out of twenty two threes, um, fifteen to four in transition, fifty six to forty six in the paint. Uh, last night, Eric and I discussed how the Pistons are not a team that shoot and, and make a lot of threes, which is obviously always encouraging from a Bucks perspective, given um, what their defense sort of does and does not do. Um, and I mentioned yesterday, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is, is kind of a bellwether for me, uh, for the Pistons. He, he's obviously uh, a talented guy, kind of an, been an up-and-down guy over the past few years, um, but a guy who can obviously, you know, we've seen him hurt the Bucks from deep. Uh, tonight he has seven assists, but... That's pretty much all. All he did. He minus twenty four, yeah, Frank. Only KCP yeah. was minus twenty four. Right, and the, the stat that I thought was what my favorite stat, to be honest, was the fact that he didn't even take a three point shot. Which um, to me, that's true. Which to me, I mean, this is a team we talk about all the time. The Bucks uh, give up a lot of three point attempts, and you know, okay, they they haven't allowed a high percentage um, so far this season. But it's better if you just don't allow those shots to begin with. And I thought tonight. 
Um, you know, the Bucks lost six out of 24 from deep. And I thought they generally did a pretty good job of, of running guys off the line. You know, they obviously always have a few breakdowns. Um, you know, I think Lore had a wide open one. Um, Marcus Morris had a wide open one. I think mm-hmm. I think one of those was actually Giannis's fault, which was like crazy that Giannis actually would not be able to recover off of a guy. Um, you know, Jabari, I think, had, had a couple probably in there as well. But um, but overall, uh, you know, not much to, to fault with the Bucks, um in terms of their defensive performance overall. Um, you know, limiting the Pistons 94 points. And, you know, anytime you win by, by 25 on the road, especially against a team that clearly entered this season with bigger ambitions than to be, you know, a few games behind the Bucks in the standings, um, that's obviously a big thing. So I guess, and Adam, I alluded to earlier, but, um, and I'm not sure I have to look up when the, the Pistons visit the Bucks next because we've gotten the two games in Detroit out of the way already. But, um, other than that play, are, are, are the Pistons going to be bitching and moaning the next time we see them about how the Bucks disrespected them in their house? Do we do we have another kind of fake, uh, I don't want to say fake rivalry, but do we have another um, opposing team making too much uh, out of the Bucks, kicking their asses, or, or, or what do you guys perceive moving forward? Hey, Re- Reggie Jackson has been known to be petty in the past, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, so we'll, we'll see if anybody gets mad online about that. Um, I, I think the Pistons are in a position, especially with Van Gundy running the show there, that they're really, in my opinion, they're going to be more introspective. They're going to look more at what they're doing, what they need to figure out. Um, you know, with, with Luber making as many contributions as he is, you know, as one of their, their major Free agent side, you know, former Buck John Luer. Cat, you gotta, cat, you gotta move. Okay, cat's down. We're no, safe. We're Everybody, not, everything's We're good. not talking about Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Carl Anthony Towns no. is not marauding the the Maurer household, but not um, not yet at least. Your actual we'll see. cat is. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Uh, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of contributions from a player that you know, a second round pick that you know signed. Uh, what a lot of people thought was. A too expensive deal, which in you know the new NBA is not really that expensive of a deal at all. Um, but you know he he goes four for eleven from the field and you know puts up gets seven rebounds, makes four assists, and actually is probably one of the better uh, starters that they have. Like they've got a lot of stuff that they need to figure out. I really don't think that we're going to hear very much uh, very much attention to that play, if only because Jet missed. <laughs> Yeah, I think the jet. I think the jet miss really screwed it up. I looked it up and didn't fix them again until February thirteenth, so around Valentine's Day. So there should be love in the air then. But it does feel like they have far too many things to worry about on their own. I was just doing. I wrote the preview for the game, and the, they had the players only meeting about a week and a half ago, Ooh, uh, which Dan Van, Dan Van Gundy responded to by saying, uh, "Team meeting, my ass." Uh, and, then, and then proceeded to bench uh, Tobias Harris. Um, and Andre Drummond also said, uh, you know, we got really used to playing with Ish Smith. We kind of got used to playing with Reggie Jackson like we did last year, which was just a bizarre thing to hear because it's like, well, do you really have to get used to playing like you did last year when you were right? Like, oh, that really that's, your, that's your point guard, though. <laughs> that's your point guard. Yeah. Come on, Dre. So I, I don't expect them to linger on that, especially because Jet airballed it but that was a shot that that made me think back to the to the washington game and you know you think like if he made that that's the kind of shot that they were making that night and the, if they were at the bmo the crowd would have just been whipped into a, a crazy frenzy yeah I mean, we, 
we still haven't gotten a, a Steve Novak garbage time three. He missed one. Um, Fawn did hit a like contested long two. Missed uh, I think he missed a couple. Yeah, missed a couple threes. So I, yeah, believe, yeah. I, I believe he's down to forty two percent from three on the season now. So that's disappointing Ugh. for Fawn. Man, um, he's falling off. Yeah, I, I want to. He's got to get that last contract. Yes, <laughs> or a time. Um, I want to highlight a couple guys who. Uh, if this wasn't so normal and expected of them, we'd probably have, have talked about them already. But Greg Monroe, 14 points, 6 assists, 5 boards, 2 steals, a block, plus 20 in 27 minutes against his former team. Um, he got it going pretty early against Aaron Baines um, and a little bit against Drummond as well. Um, did not have any of those agonizing point-blank uh, misses where he costs Giannis or Jabari an assist, as Adam alluded to. So that was uh, great to see for, for Greg. Um, and Malcolm Brogdon, he actually missed a shot, folks. Um, only four of six, but eight assists, um, two turnovers, eight points, plus 20 in 28 minutes. Um, and Matthew Delvin, Tony Snell, you know, I, I, I tweeted out that their clutch stats uh, this season uh, earlier today. We talked about it last night, and I, I apologize. I was I, when I the, the stats I mentioned on last night's pod were the um, five five minutes or less to go down by five or less points, not the yeah. plus or minus five. Either way, they're 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 bad. Delhi's like five out of twenty-five. Snell, I think two out of twelve in those scenarios. So I mean, those guys have been <laughs> been really bad in clutch situations. And tonight they did not score in a clutch situation again. The Bucks went scoreless in the clutch in ah, Detroit. Tear it um, down. But they also had zero clutch minutes because, of course, they were up by a, a billion points in the fourth quarter. So yay! And Tony Keep Snell, uh, four for four from the field, three for three from three. Six boards, an assist, plus 20, 11 points in 28 minutes. And Matthew Delvadova only played 20 minutes. So, okay, Brogdon played more minutes. But Delhi was, you know, perfectly solid in the minutes he played. Four out of seven from the field, including two of two from three, 11 points, two assists, a turnover, um, and a modest plus five in in those 20 minutes. So good to see kind of like all those guys kind of get right a little bit. Um, Beasley had a slow start, but got a couple buckets um, in the second half, including a nice big exclamation dunk. Um, so, so you know, in general, kind of like one of these games where it's it's tough to find um, much to, to be less than, than pretty thrilled about. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you just hope they can kind of carry this, this on, uh, I guess what they next play in Minnesota, I think, I don't have the, the schedule in front of me, but, yeah, um, you know, another game, not an Eastern conference game, but, um, another game that, that obviously is a good opportunity to kind of take care of business and, and get another win and hopefully get back above 500, um, with the bucks now at 15 and 15. One, one other thing I wanted to point out, and if you guys have any other thoughts, load them up, get ready. Um, oh, before we, before we jump on to, to other topics. But um, I thought the, the kind of turning point in the game, you know, a lot of people, especially on Twitter, and obviously it's kind of hard to have these offensive philosophy discussions on Twitter, but um, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about late game situations, people will complain about, Oh, not enough point Giannis or, or in general, people like say, Oh, not enough point Giannis. And I feel like that like sort of misses the point of like Giannis being awesome in part because he's not being used any one way. And we're seeing him at the elbow a ton and we're seeing yep. him do really well and be hyper efficient as a pick and roll finisher. And, you know, they run him as a role man they, to get mismatches against smaller guys. And, um, they, you know, there's just a bunch of different things you can do with Giannis beyond, you know, just trying to run high pick and roll or have him try to, 
you know, find a cutter or find a, a guy coming off a screen, which, you know, obviously it doesn't really play to the Bucks' strengths in general anyway. Um, but tonight, um, it was interesting because there was a stretch in the second quarter where uh, the Bucks hit four threes, and three of them were assisted by Giannis. The first two were off of um, high pick and rolls, which if I recall correctly were pretty pretty high because the, the Pistons were actually playing Giannis pretty tight on the perimeter, trying to pressure him. And, you know, he oftentimes, when he takes a screen, oftentimes they'll kind of take more of a looping, galloping uh, arc, <laughs> circuitous route into the paint. Um, but both times on those two high pick and rolls that, that started it, um, the first one I think he kicked out where he got into the paint on the right side. I think he kicked all the way back out to the left side. And I don't know if it was Snell. I think it was Snell um, hit a three. Uh, and that kind of started a really nice run. Um, he was in the post. Uh, I think on the I think it was the last of those four threes. He kind of got in the post. Um, they were yo-yoing a defender down off of Jabari, who was at the top of the key. Kicked it out for Jabari. Open three. He buries it. And that was sort of the stretch where the Bucks were up. I think like forty-one thirty-five, and then the Pistons came back and tied. I think they took the lead. And then um, the Bucks kind of separated a little bit, and you know they didn't—they were—they're only winning by eight at halftime. But that kind of, to me, sort of set a bit of the tone um, for the rest of the game. And you know, Giannis finished with eight assists, had you know almost half of them in that little stretch. And I thought that was a yeah. nice little summary of of you know how you can use Giannis to to make plays for others, get guys involved. And um, you know, when the Bucks make threes, obviously this becomes uh, a, a dangerous team. As Zach Lowe tweeted, he's tweeted this before. It's just one of those games for the Bucks where they just look awesome, and uh, they're pretty fun. Yep. and they're awesome. And, and like you mentioned, it all, it all starts. The conversation starts with Giannis um, when when he gets in a position where he can figure out a way to make a play. It, it makes any player on the bus, the starter, bench player, you know, another rookie, makes them more dangerous because of how insanely talented he is just as a human being that looks as if he was built to play basketball. But it really speaks to the skill that he's gained. And I, I really do think that the time he spent working on his point guard skills, especially this past offseason, that has really improved his vision, uh, which he already had excellent vision. And now that it's that much better, He's able to see openings even better than he was before and get the ball to people where they can do the most damage. Uh, and, and you're going to see, and we've, we've seen it already this season, more and more of those little runs, those little three, four, five possession runs where everything goes through Giannis and he just kind of, it's like he plugs into the matrix and, oh, I've got the solution. We're just, we're going to dribble this way and we're going to go into the post up and then, oh, I'm just going to hook pass into the corner you know, 20 feet away because I'm the only person physically capable of doing that for an open three. Um, it's it, it's a joy to watch. It really is. In in five, six years, we're going to look back at what he's doing now, and it's, it's, it's jarring to think that we're only still at the start of his NBA career. It's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to wax so poetic about Giannis. Uh, it's so impromptu, but it's just... I, I don't have the right words to describe it. Yeah, Frank, I think you, you tweeted something about how Giannis's gravity basically created all of those plays for him. And I, and I think people, a lot of times, the, the discussion of gravity goes, veers a little bit more towards shooters, so you think of off-ball gravity, and so that opens up the paint, and that was always something people needed for Giannis. But Giannis is now so, so strong and so powerful and so easily gets to the hoop that it's sucking all the defenders right towards him, so it's opening up all those lanes 
opening up uh, easy looks for him to be able to find people on the perimeter now that they have a few other guys who can who can shoot it. And actually, I mean, Tony Snow made some shots tonight. Um, he hasn't been the best shooter, but that was good to see from him. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about watching Giannis tonight was um, he, he's done this. He's obviously done this in the past, but a lot of times the, the Pistons would have Reggie Jackson switch onto Giannis just straight up, and Giannis would either go into the post and uh, demand the ball pretty demonstrably and, and try to make something happen out of that or grab it a little up more towards the elbow or, or towards the top and just try and take Jackson one-on-one. Um, and, and the fact that Giannis is, you know, they're able to, like you, like you alluded to, they're able to use him in so many ways. Um, and he didn't have the greatest success against Jackson in the post, but, I mean, that's the kind of place where he's going to have to draw so much attention that it's going to open up those looks to the outside that he can find people. All right, one final topic. Um, we're, I think we're over 30 minutes already, but I'll give you guys a chance. I think this is a fun topic. We'll see how people on Twitter feel about this. So tweet at us. Let us know what you think. Um, the rules for how all-star starters are being determined have changed. So you know, previously everybody knows it used to be a fan vote. Uh, now it's going to be half fan vote, a quarter player vote, a quarter media vote. And obviously Giannis is now, I think people are sort of like, have fully awoken to how freaking awesome he is and that he is absolutely deserving of an all-star starter spot. I know um, an article that was, I think, three weeks old from NBA.com, I mean, eight of the nine guys had him starting, and that was, you know, really when the hype train was just starting um, in a yep. lot of ways. So I don't think there's much doubt, you know, with national media at this point that he is a deserving all-star starter, even with, you know, LeBron and Jimmy Butler in particular um, also, you know, having great seasons at the kind of, you know, the quote-unquote front court positions. Um, and I, I just had to think of it because all-star voting opened up the other night and or the other day, and it seems like my timeline is flooded with um, people voting for Giannis and retweeting. and, huh. um, and obviously, That's weird. Mine too, Frank. Mine <laughs> well, too. And obviously, we are, our timelines are biased towards the Bucks. obviously. But <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm seeing uh, some, you know, even people who are not, who I follow, who are not Bucks, um, you know, buck centric people they're they're national people um have commented to me that they've been seeing a lot of you know certainly twitter uh outpouring for Giannis. uh although that's complicated by the fact that his last name is serially misspelled um but i'll put it to you guys what percentage likelihood what, what is the percentage likelihood that you guys would project for the odds of Giannis starting in the NBA All-Star game. And obviously, you know, Carmelo's historically been a fan voting favorite, um, blah, 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 yep. whatever, whatever. Yep. Give me your number and a brief explanation why. All right. I'm going to go with percentage chance he's going to be an All-Star starter for the East, 65% wow. as of right now, okay. 65%. All right. Here's why. Not, not only is he the best, <laughs> Obviously, you and I know that. Stop um, there. That's the answer. Yep, right. That's all you need. Uh, the the impact he's having on the floor is so multidimensional. I mean, he's still leading the team in all five major per game categories. His PER is a twenty eight, so he's like at the top of a bunch of the advanced statistics. But that most significant change that you mentioned, Frank, in the voting players and coaches having a say in who starts in the game and not just fans. I think is really going to tip the scales in his favor because players are honest. Coaches are honest. Maybe not with the media all the time for strategic reasons, but 
it's, it's what, what's that phrase? Real recognizes real. Yeah. Uh, people across the NBA, both on the court and on the sidelines, are seeing what this 22-year-old kid from Greece is doing as a 22-year-old kid from Greece that started playing basketball, what, like six or seven years ago? I, I truly do think that they're going to recognize his impact and that their ballots are going to tip the scales in his favor. Uh, now that I oof, now that I said it, 65 might be too conservative. I'm going to have to up that a little <laughs> oh bit. God. 68. I'm amending my uh, prediction. 68%. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Adam, are you, do you want to talk us down from that from that high? Um, or or where, where is your number at? And then I'll, I'll give you guys my, my number. My, I, I had a number in my mind. I'm going to stick with it. Even wh- however you guys try to sell me one way or the other, I- I've got a number in mind. But what do you say, Adam? Well, I, I, I'm definitely not that high, but uh, I, you know, I, I still I still have some faith in uh, common man and women. So I am going to go <laughs> um, with 52 percent, and here's why: Ooh. I think the panel of media. I think he has that full 25 percent. So imagine, yeah, I think he has that that vote locked down. I believe in most of the players, so I'm going to go. The banana know, boat. 20. The banana boat is not that big, remember? So, so I don't yeah, know. It's a know small if boat, fam. I don't know if Carmelo's got boat. that many people on on the banana boat. So, so that helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's and you know the 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 CBA it seems like it might have squeezed the middleman a bit. So maybe they want to reward someone who really you know really deserves it. So Ooh, I believe in like twenty nine you know twenty four percent of the players, so we're up to forty nine percent. And you know, Bucks fans are pretty small, uh, but p- some people do like Giannis. So I believe in like three percent of the fan vote, and I think that gets me up to fifty-two percent. Uh, so, so that's really where my number comes from. So I still think I still think there's a better chance than not that he makes it, but a lot of it will be on the backs of the players and the media because I don't, you know, Greece is a pretty small country compared to uh, some of the other ones, um, and I don't know what Giannis' traction is in. in uh, you know, the globally. So that I'm gonna go with fifty two percent. Yeah. I mean, Did you hear that, Bucks fans? Adam says you can't get it done. Adam says you can't vote him <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Especially our Greek our Greek uh Adam just threw down the gauntlet to our Greek piece. Ooh. Uh, hey, I visited, I visited Greece this year, beautiful country. Uh my dream was to go wherever Giannis grew up, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> um yeah, in my head, I was thinking like thirty-five to forty percent, and I guess that's just because oh, I have so low. I guess mm. I just have. I guess I guess I just have no faith in fans. I guess I don't know, but I think that's, when you, that's it, fair. It, is, oh. it is kind of funny when you think about it. I mean, it kind of depends a little bit on like how the weighting goes. Because sure, if if you know a hundred percent of the media votes for Giannis to start, so it's you know you're basically you know starting with that, and then you get a majority of the players. That's obviously a good start, but by the same token. You know, players are obviously going to put. You know, LeBron is a lock, right? So you've got one For of sure. the front court spots that is completely sewn up, and Jimmy Butler is another guy that I think you know he, people don't. You know, people aren't going to sleep on Jimmy Butler. Um, I'm pretty sure Demar Derozan is is categorized as a shooting guard, which helps because um, he's mm. obviously a guy that that has lots of um, you know buzz, and the Raptors obviously have been great. And he's For a sure. Ton. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that generally helps, and not having a center position obviously is crucial um, because oh, if, it's huge. Yeah, without yeah. that, then you know you're trying to cram two forwards, including Giannis, um, into those two spots. And before people ask, 
Um, Giannis is not categorized as a point guard, blah, blah, blah. And he shouldn't be because he defends mostly power forwards. And blah, oh, my blah, God. Blah, blah. I'm, I'm, not get, I'm not getting involved in this I'm, quarrel. I'm, I'm, not the, doing I'm, it. I'm saying this when Eric's not on. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so I, I think it's, I, I don't know. But, but I mean, you know, a month ago before the change in the voting rules, I would have said like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, 4%. You know, I, I just couldn't imagine it. But now I think... Giannis has been so good, and the realization has become so obvious of how good he is and that he's deserving. Um, you know, I think, I, I mean, it's crazy, right? It's crazy to think that we kind of went into the season thinking, like, yeah, Giannis should be an all-star, hopefully. You know, he should be able to sneak into the all-star game, to he's absolutely an all-star lock. You know, he's one of the top two or three best players in the East this year, to screw it, man all-star starter Giannis let's do this so I don't know we'll see we'll see hopefully um hopefully all those those tweets that we've been doing and the retweets um and everybody uh will appreciate everybody who's been retweeting um do your part help Giannis I know uh uh every day like three to four thousand people download this podcast so if if all of you vote every day you can vote once per day remember how to spell Giannis's name just copy paste it from another source and uh, or just use his handle use his twitter handle that's okay too yeah exactly so hopefully we can get it done but anyway we'll leave it there for now um we'll be back sometime soon uh mitchell and adam thanks for joining me hopefully we'll do it again soon um and um yeah appreciate all the awesome work you guys are doing carrying the torch at brew hoop and um appreciate that you know hey we actually have some uh, some fun uh, some fun basketball to actually talk and, and write about which is uh pretty damn cool so thanks a lot for listening guys and uh, we'll back we'll back at you tomorrow with a i guess a preview of uh, of that hotly contested uh game with the minnesota timberwolves let you know what to look out for in the battle of the young dynamic duos um carl anthony towns not mitchell's cat but minnesota's cat and andrew wiggins versus Giannis and jabari stay tuned for that and uh otherwise enjoy the win and we'll talk to you guys soon take care